Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday night. Welcome to the Jabber Jabber podcast, where tonight we are doing the deep dive of what, J-Mac? Sleepy Hollow. You can tell if you look in the bottom left, um, mm -hmm. but that's what we're doing. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so the wee revisit I had today was, was quite nice. Mm, it is great. Um, so for anybody that's never seen a deep dive before, or if you're at home listening to this on Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, you need to check us out on YouTube or Facebook where you can watch this episode where you'll get to see what we're talking about, not only hear it, but uh, for anybody that hasn't experienced the Jibber Jabber deep dive before, this is where we talk long form about movies that we love. Uh, usually we have tend to go for movies that are from the past maybe 20 years ago, but uh, it would be cool to do something quite new, which uh, I'm going to ask you live later on to see if you'd be up for doing this really good horror film that that uh, that we've seen not too long ago. But uh, for those of you that are joining us, it's probably because you already know, we promoted it for a week, that we are doing Sleepy Hollow tonight. This was released in 1999. Which was a, 22 mm -hmm. years ago. Mental when you think about it. Really. <laughs> I was eight. I was eight when this came out. Yeah. I was uh, 14, 14, 14 year so old were, boy. You were kind of old enough to watch it. I mean, you could deal with it. Um, this is one of those movies that I did watch growing up. So I was probably about eight when I saw it. <laughs> well, I had the, the conversation with you earlier on um, when I, it was my, I'd said to my wife that we were going to watch this today. She's like, oh, that's, that's good. I quite, I quite like that, I think. And she says, do you think uh, the wee man could watch it with us? And it was like, I don't know. I was like, I'll need to. I say I don't remember it being particularly bad, but I remember there being some quite kind of like scary images more than more than terrifying, you know. But stuff that yeah. if I was a kid, it would probably freak me out. And after watching it today, I'm glad that we didn't let him watch it because um, mm. there is some stuff in it that's pretty grisly. Um, but <laughs> we'll get into that. Aye, absolutely. We've got a full show jam-packed full of trivia, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, some cool pictures, uh, stuff that you probably don't know that you know but you know or you knew at one point but before we get right into the body of what it is i am going to play the trailer the official trailer for sleepy hollow here it is Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him, made your blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. That witch's face just scared the shit out of me. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? Murder! The Orphans killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? Prepare 
Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. Wow, Sleepy Hollow Man brings it all back, and I could watch this probably about four or five times a day, every day. <clears throat> it's just one of those things. And as you said there during the trailer, that woman is awfully creepy. But we will get that. We will get to that because we're gonna we are gonna essentially do the full rundown of the movie, talk about all the cool parts that kind of pertain to what we're chatting about. But before we do that, I'm just gonna let you guys know at home you can go to www.jabberjabber store.co.uk where you can buy some really cool threads we've got the original jibber jabber podcast t-shirt like you can see here if you're watching on youtube or facebook at home uh gmac also has a personalized one there you could you could essentially ask us um and there are some almost parody like t-shirts and hoodies you can get jibber jabber yeah. podcast it's eh? a parody it's homage it's definitely homage homage, homage yeah. yeah so we've yeah. got the, the jurassic <clears throat> park We've got Top Gun. We have a new cool, cool new one coming that'll be for a special episode, which you guys you'll have you saw it, J Mac. I you saw it. I, I, I actually <laughs> forgot to reply to the designer when she sent it to me. Um I, I did, but no, it's 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 pretty it's a, sweet. It's amazing. So you can find all that at jibberjabberstore.co.uk and you can also contact us and get involved with what we do at www.jibberjabberpodcast.com. So on to the deep dive so before before we jump into it this movie was released on november the 19th 1991 with paramount pictures and mandalay pictures obviously it was directed by tim burton uh, it doesn't take a genius to work it out even just looking at the artwork right <laughs> it's funny even when it see when it came up at the start directed by tim burton i thought underneath it it should say duh <laughs> ah, exactly. I mean, you can literally hear Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman has that very particular sound. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the budget was $100 million for this. And we will talk a bit about in the show exactly why it would cost mm. that much, and it makes sense. $100 million. Think about how much money that is for a second. $1 million would, would kind of leave you pretty all right for the rest of your life, right? $100 million for one project. Ooh. I mean, it's it's really it's really not that uncommon for movies to cost one, two, even three hundred million these days. If you're talking about a Marvel film, it's it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely mental. But for a film that's essentially a horror mystery, no, that just doesn't happen. You're lucky yeah. if you get a, a ten or twenty million budget for something like that normally, but a uh, hundred million is pretty spectacular for something of this mm -hmm. ilk. Yeah, we can talk about exactly where that money went, or at least where we think it went. Um, but it did gross two hundred and six million worldwide. So that, my friends, is a success because they got their million back, and then another. Sorry, they got their hundred million back, then another hundred million, and then six million on top of that. So when, when it's you like look a mortgage. It, it's almost like a mortgage. <laughs> I I bought it. It's, it's actually when you sit and look at um, a mortgage payment. My mm -hmm. house cost. Say for example, a hundred thousand. Um, by the time I've paid it back, I've paid them back two hundred twenty thousand. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's mental, absolutely mm -hmm. mental. It's daylight robbery, but we all think we're winning. <laughs> exactly. So, um, 
this movie was also written initially as a short story called obviously the legend of sleepy hollow by washington irving what a name washington washington squire you are <laughs> you know um, it's, 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 that's just asking for your kid to get bullied in it <laughs> just so, oh, would we call him steven it's like no would we call him michael no Washington, this'll be fun. <laughs> Have you done the dishes, Washington? <laughs> but, uh, Heather Dow says, Yes, you did forget J Mac. She's raging you left her on red. I thought, oh well then, you don't like it. Left yeah. me on red. You gotta have oh, to make up. To I'm it. not I'm not bad for that, am I Kevin? No, not don't, at all. Don't left me on red. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Um, you guys at home, make sure to as we're as you're watching the show, uh, hit us up in the comment section. Tell us what you love about Sleepy Hollow. We'll chat to you as soon as we can on the show. Go through a format to go through through here, but we do love to hear your comments. And there are comments as well that I gathered earlier from different groups that we will kind of chat about. So we're gonna we're gonna head into the deep dive now, right? Before we get into it chronologically something I wanted to talk about was visually how amazing it looks and also the mm -hmm. score, right? So let's deal with the score because <clears> you're guaranteed anytime you watch a Tim Burton movie, you know who's going to be the composer. Uh, John Williams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so John Williams is class now. Um, as Danny Elfman, right from Wisteria Lane, right onto the, the movies. <laughs> you know, he, he also done the, the score for Desperate Housewives. You're joking. Mate, right now, I don't watch Desperate Housewives, or I, I didn't watch Desperate Housewives until my wife started watching it. And then I've pretty much seen a lot of it. And the one cool thing about it was what well, you know, when you get like, those tracking shots by the picket fence, it's got a wee Danny Elfman score. And I'm like, this this is all I need. <laughs> this is all I need. It's, it's, it's straight from the handbook of Edward Scissorhands. Uh, the, which... the, the thing is, with most of the, the big movie composers, you, you can tell they do have a sound about them. Like, you, you can tell. A John Williams score, you can tell a Danny Elfman. Alan Silvestri, I would say, is a bit more versatile. Like you, you wouldn't realize a lot of the time that's his stuff, but um, but that is is that a testament to how talented he is um, that he's so versatile, or does it mean that he doesn't have a unique sound? I don't know. But we're not talking about him. We're talking let's about Danny also, Elfman, who definitely does have a unique sound. Hey, as you're naming some of the greatest composers there, let's not also leave out Harry Fartbanger. He's oh, up there with the rest of them. How did I forget about the old fat banger boy? <laughs> <laughs> that, if you want to know what we're, uh, what we're alluding to here, you have to go back and check out our previous episodes in the archive, which you can find everywhere on any podcast platform. <laughs> you can also go straight to www.jibberjabberpodcast.com where you can find a full feed of all our previous episodes or check our YouTube out and you can go through back all that and it's all there. It's, it's everywhere. We're not hard to find. I still um, remember that moment where you'd clearly just forgotten his name. It's like you hadn't written it down, or you'd, you'd be like Harry Fartbanger, <laughs> and I remember like peeing just a wee bit, <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. I had forgot, I had forgotten his, uh, I'd forgotten essentially what his, his full name was. So his score is nothing short of greatness. It has a this movie has a certain theme to it that kind of is as simple as this. Tim Burton paints. And or, or Tim Burton gives the lyrics to Danny Elfman's music, and the lyrics are visual lyrics. Yeah, mm -hmm. together yeah. they just make perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so visually, did you notice right at the very beginning of the movie, right, the titles actually correlate to what's going on on the screen? So, for example, when they're when Ichabod's, oh, it's not actually Ichabod, it's Peter Van Garrett, when he's going through the the 
the forest, right? The titles will come up, but then they kind of disappear like branches. When when he's then there's a shot of him going. Uh, he's riding his horse while he's in the carriage, and he's going past a lake. You can see they they appear, but also the shadow of them is on the lake, and they kind of drift away. Ah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. That for me is like yes, like that, small and, details, man. And that costs ninety million. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the budget. No, but see little things like that. I think it's incredible. Also, did you know visually they they put a, a blue filter over this movie? The full yes. movie. I did know that. Basically, basically the entire film. I think there are certain exceptions. There's some flash, flashback stuff and stuff like that. I don't think used it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the film was used with this blue filter to give it that kind of eerie, cool feeling. But as a result, they had to use bright orange, orange blood. blood so that it would look red. red. Now, mm-hmm. one of my one of my kind of childhood films when I was growing up, and something that I'll still watch at least once a year is The Big Boss. You know, the, the Bruce Lee movie. And I remember the the blood in that film looked so bright orange and fake that I could never. You, you can't get past it. It, it's, it's, it jumps out the screen at you. Okay. In this film, I was like, I bet that's the same color. Mm. <laughs> Once I found that out, I was like, I bet it's the same color. And unfortunately, the Bruce Lee film didn't have a blue filter, so it just looked like tomato soup. Mm, it's, it's, it is what it is but um, the, the blood in this did have a bit of a different like see when he's chopping the tree and stuff the blood did look a bit different from your usual blood that you would see in other horror movies but to me I think that just gives it just as props to the movie itself it's unique to the project and I'm absolutely fine with that um, but I think yeah. visually this movie it, it sets a tone It sets a, you feel like you're in Sleepy Hollow one, one of the things that I think is kind of missing from kind of modern movies is the the actual feeling of being in a movie now one of the as silly as it sounds i like it when i can tell that what i'm watching is a movie set mm-hmm. do you know like we were watching um for example little shop of horrors a few weeks ago and you can tell that it's all just filmed on a sound stage somewhere and it's all it's all fake buildings you know that every brick is made of foam you know and i actually love that i love the, that's that's what gives me the escapism. I think that things are too hyper real nowadays, and and you lose that escapism. And also, I mean, the fact that they built the entire town of Sleepy Hollow, they they built that whole thing for. I think did that cost was that one point three million something like that something to like that. to build that town in in Englandshire somewhere, and <clears throat> and you look at that and go, I miss that because. Now, if you were to get like a, a pan shot or a sweeping shot of a, a town that this or a fictional town that something's set in, it's CGI now. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't make the effort anymore. And that was proper effort. And, and that it. is why the budget was probably hundred million. So what we're saying is give them bigger budgets and you'll get a bigger return. Absolutely flogging lootly. Until it doesn't. But um I think <laughs> some I think uh one of the big things about this movie, and we'll probably talk about this the whole way through this deep dive episode, is just how stunning it looks, right? Not only that, the, the cast and the fact that they've all got a really large presence when they're on this, on camera. I think this movie has every different uh, re- ingredient that makes the perfect recipe for a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the cast of characters, I mean, you, you start off with the, the obvious, you've got Johnny Depp, when I think it's it's kind of around that turning point for Johnny Depp, where he started b- 
being really quite Tim Burtony in real life. <laughs> well, this was his no. third. This was his third uh, time working oh, with was, Tim Burton. What, what was? I knew he did Edward Scissorhands before. What was? What was it? Ed Gain. Edward. Edward was it? Ed Gain. Edward. No, Ed Gain's a serial killer. <laughs> I thought it was Ed Gain. No, it? Edward. 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 Edward's the the guy that made uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. I think ah. he was like a terrible movie director back in the the old. Ah, Hollywood right. Days. So what we'll do is we'll just edit this part out of the podcast so no one can hear me make a mistake. But it's well, live. Well, live. <laughs> <laughs> right, Edward. Yeah. So this was his third time, and it was actually I think this was it was at this point where and and what. Uh, Tim Burton had said about Johnny Depp in this movie was he loved essentially how Johnny liked to, to be so different and bring his characters to life. And one of the things we will talk about further on in the show is uh, how Ichabod Crane isn't exactly what, <clears throat> like the original idea for Ichabod wasn't actually what we've seen in the in the movie <laughs> because he was different. Now Johnny Depp wanted <clears throat> to, in fact, I'll, I'll tell it now, right? So there were there were other actors that there were two other actors that were considered and uh tim burton wasn't essentially a part of this in the early stages of sleepy hollow it was because he was actually working on superman lives where superman was going to be bloody nicholas cage right how, but, how did that fall through right but that went tits up and what happened was tim burton was now free so they brought him on to sleepy hollow he pretty much headed it and he knew straight up i want johnny depp but the studio were like, but what about we've got Brad Pitt and Liam Neeson? He was like, Johnny Depp. So they got Johnny Depp, right? And Johnny Depp came into it wanting to be Ichabod Crane. Now, Ichabod Crane is not handsome. Now, I actually went back and audiobooked the original short story uh, of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And Ichabod, Ichabod is described as a big long nose, big creaky guy. He's a big lanky get, right? Um, so I'm going to show you now visually how Ichabod Crane was supposed to look, right? Now, that is Ichabod Crane. And Johnny Depp came in to this project essentially saying, I want to be that guy. So he was like, I want to get the prosthetics and I want to have the nose bigger. I want to look, sh I really want to get into this character. And the studio were like, no. And he's like, why? He's like, because if we're paying that kind of money to get Johnny Depp, then by God, we're getting Johnny Depp. So, <laughs> right. he, he did. He did get to do it a few years later in Tusk, uh, but that's, that's another story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, they, they do that quite a lot, though. I mean, you look at historical figures, and they, they end up getting people to play them that look nothing like them, even mm -hmm. uh, even in a, a fictional sense. Like if, mm -hmm. one of the one of the best kind of literary. Um, casting choices when it comes to the original to the the modern taken was cast in benedict cumberbatch as sherlock holmes if you listen to the old sherlock holmes stories absolutely perfect there's mm -hmm. there's nobody else that that could have come close to looking as good for that part as him yeah. ichabod crane who would you get <laughs> do you know what i mean i mean it, to, who looks like that steve buscemi maybe <laughs> mm. um even even that's a stretch, but yeah. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I could kind of get it. He's he's he, certainly back then he was really tall and thin. Brad Pitt. Just no. I don't think he could have played that role. I don't think it. He, I think that role would, would have been too big for him back then. Mm, um, how many how many times do people say that though about different actors and then they go on to actually really kill a role? Like for example, Robert Pattinson. Not saying he's killed it yet, but people are shooting him down, and I think he's an underdog. I think he might do really well at being Batman. That remains to be seen. I'm I'm hopeful for it. The the trailer made it look pretty awesome, so 
Aye. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, um, Johnny Depp actually borrowed uh, his character from uh, Fright Night. It was actually Roddy McDowell's <laughs> performance in Fright Night, and that's ex- that's essentially what made him like. He was like, right, "I'm going to take this character, make him my own, mix a little bit of actual Ichabod Crane there, and create this this version of Ichabod Crane." How how crazy is that? So Fright Night had inspiration on that. Uh, I, I remember reading that earlier on. I was like, that's hilarious because obviously we just had the conversation with Gary Smart at the weekend mm-hmm. about Fright Night and um, Roddy McDowell, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've never seen Fright Night. And I still haven't. I, I really need to pull my thumb out of my ass. Okay, it's, yeah. uh, it's, P- it's Peter Vincent, that character, that he, it's Roddy yep. McDowell's. Um, he takes that character and is just like, <clears throat> I'm, go- I'm going to use this oh. in... That's right. I remember saying, I remember saying to Gary that I quite liked the Fright Night remake, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, because <laughs> nah, the, the particular thing that he was unhappy with was the the Peter Vincent portrayal by mm-hmm. uh, David Tennant." Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's another movie. Uh, mate, you're the one that this you do this every time. You're like, uh, "Aye, so I'm just going to go off into the left." Uh, but anyway, what, why are we doing over here? Let's go back. No, no, no like... that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just saying. Anyway, pass it back. <laughs> Mate, uh, I was not blaming you. <laughs> all right, uh, just, just uh, that's I got awkward really quickly. That wasn't awkward for me. I was just explaining something to you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I so the movie starts essentially with Peter Van Garrett. Um, you, it's kind of as the the titles go from, like, that kind of thing I said at the start with the visual kind of creeping over the water to the end you're seeing someone writing a letter and all that fancy squiggly writing which is what we assume that everybody back in the day was able to write like that what do you think you could either write like that or you couldn't write at all aye because either you because not so many people could write back then or read so those that could probably wrote like that because they were so much better than everyone else right I mean I remember um, at one point there's the something gets written down and it said um it said five to four, and I just loved the way the five and the four looked. I was, like, I'm going to try that. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so it's all quilled and stuff. So he's he's obviously writing something. He's writing a letter to someone, and uh, then he he burns the old candle and stamps it, and he gets into his carriage with his uh, coach rider guy chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll call it that, right? I don't know what they're called back then, but it's a chauffeur. <laughs> it's, a tr- it's a traditional name for one that drives something. No, no, we'll go with that, J Mac. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> we will, because <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> what was that in? Uh, I don't know. Do you remember? No, uh, it was Muppets Christmas Carol. But you must. Like, I'm, I'm the stone you can't squeeze blood from, and that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you missed it twice. <laughs> right, let's twice go. Let's go. Let's we'll go. find one. We'll find another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are. We kick off with the very first scene. Um, is essentially the death of Peter Van Garrett, which sets the whole movie into into motion. Heather Dow says, "Fancy squiggly writing equals." Calligraphy. That's that right. Right, well, you're a teacher or something. <laughs> Are you someone that teaches people? Well, they called again. <laughs> um, so Peter Van Garrett, right? This is the thing that gets me. So it's quite cool. You see him in that old that old Highlander style 
carriage, you know, in Highlander Endgame where they're kicking about before they meet Edge and he tries to throw a rock on him and he's like, you've lost your edge. So we've got that old style kind of way of being chauffeured by a carriage and a horse. And then it's cool. It looks really nice and it sets the scene and he's passing a big forest looking place with a big uh, scarecrow with a big pumpkin head. And then here's the first thing I didn't get, right? So we're aware that something, right, is coming for him because you can hear right it's all starting to get intense right and then you hear it's a sheath and then and then his driver loses his head now i'm like this right knowing what i know now right because it's not the first time i've seen it it's ain't my first rodeo why why did the chauffeur get killed why did he get killed like because the horseman doesn't think logically like oh how am i taking him out well i need to take his driver out no We've seen this guy through a, spa- a, a a fence post through a church to take one person out, right? He knows how to kill one person. Why <laughs> did the driver have to die? <laughs> That's called dramatic effect. But there's there's quite a few questions like that in the movie, and there's one question you're going to laugh when I tell you this one. There's one question that I didn't think to ask right up until that, like the last five minutes of the film <laughs> I'm sitting there and I turn to my wife and I goes how can he fucking see <laughs> <laughs> I felt well, so stupid after I was like, <laughs> well I think I know the, que- the answer to that if you would like me to give it to you no I'd rather just not feel like an idiot I have to get to you you've, let, you've set it out there in the universe and I'm coming right back at you with it he essentially <laughs> is an apparition so he is a reanimated corpse Right now, obviously, with him being alive, well, he's not alive, so he's functioning the way a live person will, with with obviously the exception of his head. So his arms and his legs and everything are reanimated. His full being is reanimated, and he's in search of his skull. So he's essentially there. He can see you, just not with his head. But see, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> it's just another wee bit of the logic that i never get is can a an apparition actually cause any damage can it hurt you because an apparition apparition is exactly that it's an apparition it's it's a it's a visual thing it it can't it can't physically do anything it can if it was summoned by a white witch (sighs) goddamn (laughs) white people (laughs) i mean does that count because it's against the white no that's why you can yeah. say that sort of stuff, man. Yeah, it's exactly. fine. Exactly. Um, so uh, we see Peter Van Garrett essentially go off his head. Um, <laughs> and see the, see the way it happens as well. Does it not kind of feel like Edward Scissorhands <clears throat> was coming at him in that scene? And what, Because you... Well, with it being the horseman, he usually takes a big swing and somebody's head comes off. But the camera kind of just zooms into him and he turns around and goes... Aah! And it's like, all you see is that and then blood. Like you don't actually see a swing, you don't hear a swing. It's just like someone runs into him and then his head falls off. I think it's just it's it's that kind of building the anticipation for the moment where you actually do get to see the full act happen. Um, which Imagine when it does it. happen is quite satisfying. Like I mean, the, the the actually can I just say that the the effect for the headless horseman is really really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a really simple thing. I'd make a guy look like he's not got a head. This was nineteen ninety nine. It was easy for stuff to still look a bit shitty with CGI. Especially this really good, really, really good. Um, I mean, I think it was it was Ray Park actually that was in the the costume. Ray Mate, Park. 
I was going to get to that. I was going to wait till I uh, introduced the horseman, and <laughs> I've got a whole wee segment on that. <laughs> hey, this is why we should talk before the show. <laughs> um, um, but so, and, and there's there's footage of of how they actually did it, and and it's really clever. Um, but again, we'll probably talk about it later on. If uh, it's if, like a wee blue mask, that. <laughs> uh, it's just a wee blue mask, and the 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 collar is CGI. Um, yeah. And that's I found that that was a really interesting wee detail, but because I knew that, I spent the whole film looking for it. I spent the whole film trying to find a point where I was like, ha ha, you can see it. Couldn't. Genuinely couldn't. It. Really, really well done. Really that, well done. That'd be the hundred million, mate. hundred mm. million. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Peter, <clears throat> Peter Van Garrett is dead now, and we go to essentially what is New York back in the day, and we are introduced to Ichabod Crane. Some name, right? Aye. It sounds like something you'd find on your heel after a long walk. So what's, what are you living for? Oh, I've got an Ichabod. Fuck's sake. You know, it's, it's a really, really horrid name. It's like, uh-huh. it's like, uh, I, I had a really horrible woman's name in my mind there. There's just a, a fucking, ah, it's gone. It's gone. It'll come back to me. But there's, there's some names where you just go, why would you ever do that to somebody? Why would you name your kid that particular we'll, name? Uh, we'll be talking about, uh, one of the the scenes towards the end, and you brought out Shinestony. I'm like, what? That that's it, Shinestony. That's the worst the, name I've ever heard. Is that a real name? Probably. <laughs> Shinestony. <laughs> it's like Destiny and Sharon. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. Like Shinestony. <laughs> um, right, so we're we, we're in New York now, which is. Hey, how cool, how visually cool did old Sweeney Todd look in New York look? Aye, it's it makes you kind of wish you were there in a way. But I think that's it's something that that looking at old movies does that you watch them, you're like, fuck, I wish I was alive back then. Life was, it was so much simpler. Yeah, everybody had everybody had a job that wanted a job, blah blah blah. And then you think about it and you go, actually, no. Things were quite shit back then. It was it was only good for a very very few people. Um, right, and uh, you can that's kind of illustrated at the beginning with the the jail scene, which I did laugh at. Um, <laughs> just uh, literally just chuck folk into pits. Way, uh, well, like, wow. We kind of come across him uh, fishing a dead body out of the water, right? And I love I love the uh, he, he's proper he's uh he's right for his job when other people may not be. It's like well. When, when we're introduced to Christopher Lee after he finds his dead body and he's like, he's having a bit of a to and fro with him saying, essentially, hey, uh, we don't know how this guy died. And he's like, if we find him in the water, I right? fucking drown then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did laugh. I, I, nearly, I nearly wrote that one. In fact, I'd started writing that one down from a memorable quote. And I was uh-huh. like, no, I can't write it down yet. There's so much more to come. There's so much more movie to go. <laughs> Uh, but no, that that did make. When they find him in the water, they drown. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, just like it, one ad, one is two, uh, and that's it. End of. Uh, yet he seems to want to lead with a more scientific mind. He's got the the passion to to really get in about it, which we kind of see throughout the movie. And uh, so he's kind of going back and forth with. And by the way, Christopher Lee in this courtroom, right? This is what they call the courtroom scene. How much of a presence does Christopher Lee have on sta- on, on a screen? <laughs> I, I thought that myself. I was like, it's really nice to see Christopher Lee again because obviously I've not seen him for a while. <laughs> but and unlike the rest of the world, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so I don't I don't have all that to to kind of I don't I don't have that 
Christopher Lee memory bank in there. So when I seen him, I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's nice to see him again. But there's a bit where he just points at Ichabod. He's just like, Ichabod. And I'm just like, oh, man, he really, really had a presence. And he just, was one of the coolest, hardest guys on the planet. Mate, and the fact that he's just there, though. He's lording over Ichabod. And he's just, and then he's got Alan, uh, what's his name? Alan Armstrong, who is well, by the way, he's a great bad guy. Alan Armstrong, you know who I'm talking about. Is that the, the, the we guy sits next to him and he's like, ah. Aye, baggy eye. <laughs> aye. Baggy eye, right? The, those baggy, two together, baggy eye, Joe. <laughs> baggy eye. It had me for baggy eye, Joe. <laughs> beep, beep, I had it a long ago. time ago. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, together those two are quite a force to be reckoned with, and it almost seems like he's got to plead his case to do the best job he possibly can, which is what leads him to, you know, he kind of Christopher Lee says, you know, you go to Sleepy Hollow, where you know bodies have been found when naked, so. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what that's all about. So it sets Ichabod on his path to Sleepy Hollow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I genuinely thought you were going to play a clip there. No, <laughs> it sounded like you were building up to playing a clip. You, don't, <laughs> you normally don't build up to me saying something. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was like that. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. So Ichabod, Ichabod heads for Sleepy Hollow, and he's kind of just. I right, heads for it, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the way through the movie, we do kind of see him having these flashbacks to his mother, um, which you don't know. Is, well, you kind of assume it's his mum at the time. It's just wee flashbacks that do lead up to the crescendo, so to speak, towards the end of the movie. Uh, but you kind of see him sitting there, and he's very much a practical kind of guy. So he's got the illusion of the bird and the cage, and he's uh, twisting the, sh the string to make it look like it. So he's he's a, this tells me he's a kind of guy that questions everything. He's the kind of guy that wants to get like actual source material. So this is why I think it's really good that his character's like <clears throat> headless horseman, a ghost. Are you crazy? It needs to be living <laughs> flesh. You know, he just he abandons everything from religion. We find out again why he's abandoned religion, but he's the kind of guy that's practical and it's dotting the uh, the eyes and crossing the t's. I mean, he's he's definitely a man of science. He's no he's he's not going to this wee town. Um, expecting to find you know an apparition that's killing people he, he's, he's expecting to find a, a killer in fact <clears throat> there's the, at one point where i really did laugh out loud was where he'd been doing a bit of investigating right and it obviously there's been numerous bodies right numerous bodies with the heads cut off and the heads taken away <laughs> and he stands in front of everybody and goes we are dealing with a madman <laughs> it's like me shit Right, he's cutting folks' heads off and fucking stealing them. There's that's a bit not, about that. That's not the act of a sane human being. There's um, more to that, but kind of had me questioning. But I'll, I will, I will get to that when we get to that part. So, Ichabod obviously is now in Sleepy Hollow, and he heads to Baltus Van Tassel's house, where the story of the headless horseman is told to him. He heads this really cool. I mean, they all look pretentious, right, with their wigs and their their, their tea and. Bonnie Prince Charles looking attire. It's, right. it's a, a really colourful kind of cast of characters. They, they almost look cartoonish at times. Right, but mate, mate, that cast that's in there already. I mean, you've got uh, Richard oh, Griffiths, yeah. right? Who is mm. Harry Potter's uncle. Uh, he was also in The Borrowers, if I, if I remember correctly. Was he not in The Borrowers? He was, eh? I, I, I only seen that once. I hated it. Um, Michael Gambon, <laughs> right? So we had, we've, got, we've got Christopher Lee and Michael Gambon in the same movie so we've got essentially Dumbledore there as well right mm -hmm. 
this that part where the Johnny Depp comes in and because a conversation now is going to be had among the men, the women have to leave the room. Did you notice that? Like mm. the boys are going to talk. And I don't think that was, we've got something to talk about that you can't see or be privy to. Right. But it was more the men are talking. So leave. Did you see that? that and, was... and, and I don't think that's the wrong thing to do because it was a period of time where that was definitely a thing. Uh, another really, really big cast member for me. And every time he spoke, I was like, oh, you know who that is, right? Michael Goff. No, Ian McDermott. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I didn't forget about him. Sorry, but, he could uh, have ended this full movie, mate. The minute a headless horseman comes, you know, galloping down, <laughs> the limited power. It would have been over, mate. Over what? Yep. I mean, I think you are rubbing off me a wee bit because I was watching that and I, and I went, oh, that's the that's the Emperor for Star Wars, which I probably wouldn't have noticed if if it wasn't for this podcast. So yeah, Just that's a bit, man. well done. But um, again, Michael Michael Goff as well. I was watching it. I was watching. I was going, who is that? Who's that old guy? I recognise him. I really recognise that old guy. Alfred. Ah, oh, yeah. I know. I was getting to that. Oh, how does that feel? It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> it fucking is. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I understand you've got a clip to play. <laughs> I, I don't. So why don't you just click your pen wait, more wait. while we wait? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were saying something then. No. Um, I saw annoying, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any clips. In fact, you should have clips. Hashtag give JMAC clips. Uh, if I've got a few clips that I could play. I love that one motion. And that is your motion. And then you see that live essentially on stage <laughs> with a microphone. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, I Facebook... might do that. I might do that at some point. <laughs> Just live on stage. <laughs> I would. I would scream. I would scream, right? But uh, you can check out what I'm talking about here on our Instagram and Facebook stories. Uh, get it while it's there, because it'll be gone. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so at this part, um, this is where Ichabod first hears about the, the story, and it gives us, the viewers, the chance to see the story of the Headless Horseman. So he essentially was a soldier back in the day. Now, I don't know why they built a soldier like that, Right, I don't know. He was probably an orphan and was raised to hate, right? Because he sharpened his teeth like that, to the point where it's like he's taking chunks at you. That's the, that's the purpose. He ain't sharpened his teeth like that to have venison, right? That's <laughs> that's for chopping folk. And by the way, did you know? This is just apparently. Apparently, the reason Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, has no lines is because it's because he couldn't talk while he had those teeth in his mouth. Was that all right? <laughs> uh, Let's see. You knew. Right. You knew. Eh, no, no. Don't do that. Let's see. Let's no dance about it. Let's have it here. Oh, I mean, gosh. you knew how. You knew how I was trying to be, right? Ah, because you just said Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would swear at you right now, but I don't want to get demonetized. So you are lucky. You are lucky. <laughs> You're lucky. I can't swear because I will. I had some for you. I had You're some. You know, I'm looking for my head. <laughs> You try to be Arnie on a pod, on this podcast. Ah, that's Arnie. <laughs> uh, read this one, J Mac. I shall, because I, I realised I can get it in full screen now. I don't need to do that. <laughs> um, so this is from Donna Anderson, and it says history can't be cancelled, and all the snowflakes need to realise that if everything that offends is removed or cancelled, then what do we have to learn from? 
is political correctness gone mad. And I, for one, think some folk just need to get the fudge off. Fuck <sighs> yeah! Couldn't have said it better myself, even though I said it myself. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you there, Donna Anderson. Um, so good job we still got VHSs and DVDs. So when they cancel it on Disney Plus and stuff, we can still go back and watch it. Do you know, do you know when it really started happening was when they when they replaced the guns in ET with walkie talkies. That's when it that's when it really started happening. And they, actually, South Park done a whole bit on it. They were like, uh, it's like, come and see the new version of E.T. where we've replaced all the guns with walkie talkies. Right, and it was a whole kind of joke. And <laughs> walkie talkies. It was walkie talkies, that's it. And then... I, I, I made that up. I, that's I didn't class. know that was a thing. Brilliant. Walkie talkies. That's great. And then later on, <laughs> later on in the same episode, they're like, come and see the re-release of Saving Private Ryan where we've replaced all the guns with walkie talkies. <laughs> And they're literally shooting each other with walkie-talkies. <laughs> God, screw that. Man. But that, that's where it started. That's where it started. I can imagine. Uh, so we're seeing the uh, the origin story of the Headless Horseman. At this point, he's not a Headless Horseman. He's just a horseman. <laughs> and he's fighting all the New Yorkers. Uh, I mean, the way to believe that Sleepy Hollow is in New York, it must be. It's close by. It was a carriage right away. Can I just say something about the name of the town? Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow, right? Like, see if you don't want horrible shit to happen. Don't name your town something creepy. I know, I know. Do you know? It's like, where do you live? Sleepy Hollow. Whoa. It's like, what uh, about you? I live in uh, Spine Chillington. Uh, you know, I know. You're fucked on all then, mate. Uh, I know. <laughs> we're about to move there. Oh, cool. Yeah, thirty-six families before us have died, but yeah, uh, we're just moving uh, in the other day. <laughs> I've just, I've just sold up in Armadale. Where are you going? Uh, Broken Bonington. <laughs> Broken morning, then. It's like just stop moving, stop moving <laughs> to creepy places, right? It's the only way to stop these things from happening. Residence one, Heather Dow. <laughs> Broken <laughs> morning. <laughs> well, that's uh, like I'm in Snappington. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen that the headless horseman is now he's on foot. Something's happened. Something's gone awry, and he's running away from the the army. Right? We don't know much about him. He's running away. They're shooting at him. He stops. He starts fighting. Uh, then he runs away again, and he approaches two little girls. To which one? Kind <laughs> of puts a spanner in the works. Eh? <laughs> I actually he, laughed at that. I was like, "You wee bitch!" He's like, "Yes." Shh. And she had one job. She snaps a twig, and they're like, ah, "There he's." And then they essentially do him in, rip his head off, and bury him. Uh, and that's the story of uh, the headless horseman. Now, when it go, we go he back cut to the his head off with his own sword. I know it's insult to injury. Yeah. Uh, so they do that. They bury him where the sword mark and where his, his grave is, essentially. And we go back, and Johnny Depp's spilling his wee saucer cup of tea all over his saucer, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, rubbish, a lot of rubbish." They give him a wee book, and then it essentially goes home for the night to rest up. But he's introduced, obviously, to the characters and the main characters in Sleepy Hollow, and this kind of sets off the story to progress so now they've kind of got a bit of a bit of kinship between each other would you say would i say what that, that they've got a bit of a kinship now at this point they're they're associated with each other they accept them into the fold ah with regards to the town ah you ah. thought i was playing a clip again <laughs> so you just thrown something at me that i don't know how to catch what the fuck <laughs> i say would you say that they were more Aligned with each other now that they're something of a kinship after they're meeting up at the old 
Fantastic place. It's one of these weird situations where normally with these films you've got more of a an outsider coming in that takes ages for the the people in the town to warm to the outsider. In this case, it's the other way around. I find it takes ages for him to warm to the townspeople, which is really uncommon. Um, and I quite like the way I quite like the way that's done. Um, you don't you don't see it too often. And then, um, in fact, no, I'm not going to talk about this scene because it's probably <laughs> going to come up. <laughs> Look at you, man! Look at you. <laughs> um, so the next scene is essentially the death of Jonathan Masbeth. This is where we first get to see the horseman. Um, so he's. And here's the thing as well. I take it that the horseman only comes at night, and that's true, isn't it? It must be part of the spell. Spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got one person, Jonathan Masbeth, <clears throat> he's in his wee gun tower, which is the, essentially the the entrance to Sleepy Hollow. And it's quite a cool wee visual, isn't it? it, it almost is Game of Thrones-esque. They probably borrowed from this, where you're looking at the the forest above kind of where he's head out with his gun and there's lanterns all lit and then the smoke kind of comes well when they say smoke is mist right and they all go out like <clears throat> like it's almost like a curse and then you hear it the gallop and the horse kind of <laughs> and i'm not doing it again i'm okay. not doing it again you knew i was gonna ask thing is i don't know anybody that can do a, a good horse impression you know, it's, it's it's a very hard one to do. In fact, I can't even do sheep. I figured uh, a sheep. I figured it <laughs> sheep. I know I can speak sheep. And the reason I know this is because you don't say bah, right? They go at <laughs> It's like they're going, hey! <laughs> you <laughs> did. That's essentially what it is. And I know it works because I've gone up to a flock of sheep and been like, eh! And they do it back. <laughs> so I'm like, don't know what I'm saying, but they get it. They feel me. <laughs> they probably think you're asking them to go for a night out or something. And then you just walk away and you're just raging. <laughs> I'm glad uh, you can't do sheep, Jay. Well, he can yeah. do sheep. He just can't speak sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, John Kavanagh. Harn says, hi, guys. How's things? Just saw you were live. Bah! He see, even he speaks sheep. We're doing good, John. Nice to have you in the show tonight. Um, so, as I says there, Jonathan, Jonathan Masbeth, right, not speaking sheep, sitting there, gun out, the horseman appears. When he sees it's the horseman, he craps himself and runs towards where the horseman just come from. That's what we call good old-fashioned movie logic. I mean, it's it, like, most, most movies wouldn't happen if people if people just made rational decisions. Most movies wouldn't happen. It's no, just I know. It's, it's I know. fact. That's, Thing why, is, that's, why, that's why everybody runs up the stairs when there's a killer. I've outside. just figured it out. I've just figured it out. I've figured it out. Right? This is why I ran that very way. So the horseman comes from the entrance, right? Which obviously is Jonathan's exit. He comes into the Sleepy Hollow area where Jonathan has to come out the back of his wee hut. Right? So as he comes round to the entrance of the hut, Jonathan exits the hut, runs round the wee chalet, right? And back up to the entrance which is why the horseman's now behind him and he's now running the way that the horseman came and that just reminds me we need to play a game of dead by daylight at some point soon <laughs> <laughs> so you were just it was like a, an american football coach's play-by-play of a daily a day, dead by daylight scenario he gonna chase you. He gonna chase you. You're on foot. He's on a horse. He's gonna catch you. He's gonna catch you. Oh, he'll catch you. It's just a matter of when. 
<laughs> Every second you add to your life is a second worth having, buddy. <laughs> he can't breathe. Can he play? He can't even move. Can he play? I tell you what, you should listen to me. Because I'm so successful at this sport that I'm coaching high school football. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm a so failure. He... <laughs> that took a dark turn. Darker than the turn that uh, Jonathan Madsmith never took. Because think about this logically, right? This is where I'm like, mm -mm, wouldn't it be me? Haha, you caught Jonathan Jonathan Madsmith, right? You've you've essentially bastardized his child. But wouldn't get me. Do you know why? You're in the woods. There's one path. You're running. There's a horse behind you. Ever thought of just running left straight through the trees? How hard is it for a horse to run through a big no. stack of trees? Can he do that? You can't do that because... How would he get to, you? You've got to keep off the moors, stick to the road. Best of luck. Mm, no. Some people might me. know what that was. This isn't uh, American Werewolf in London. This is Sleepy oh, Hollow. You're some people. <laughs> uh, you get me? This is uh, for this. I, I think Jonathan Masbeth would have been all right. The horseman would have to have got off his horse. We'd have slowed down because he was coming at some speed, by the way. Don't know how it took him that long to catch Jonathan in the first place, right? <laughs> he's coming at some speed. He's If he was to have to stop, to go, oh, no, he's way through the trees. He'd have to get on his feet and then run, at which point Jonathan's probably already away. You could outrun the horseman. Just keep running. Hmm. And his horse would come through the trees because it's hard for a horse to go through the trees. Or at least if it did, it would come at less of speed. That is true. That so, is true. Jonathan, fact, even just, that, just run in and out of the trees, run back and forward. But the thing is, catch me. the problem is you're going to get tired before the, the horseman does because he doesn't That's get true. tired. That's true. And he also... Uh, he also he gets he finds ways as we see later on he finds crafty ways crafty ways to get at you crafty. so that's a word that's that... not used enough no, no. <laughs> you try I to think... bring back bring back hashtag bring back the craft <laughs> um the thing is i think jonathan knew i'm done it's just a matter of when and that's why i ran like mad gets his seed sliced off and that's kind of the last thing we see until we hear the whole it's been a murder the horseman strikes again yeah, um, at which point we get to meet uh, his kid, mm -hmm. who I genuinely thought, genuinely thought that it was Tim Burton's son, because he looks like Tim Burton. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to IMDb that shit, because that looks like Tim Burton. I bet his name's Burton. It's not. <laughs> nah. It's not. But another reason I thought it was Tim Burton's son was because that boy was such a bad actor that I thought the only reason he's in this film is because he's related to Tim Burton. Um, uh, that that was that was my finding with that guy. I can't even remember his name. But uh, um, yeah. aye, well, we we do kind of the the scene front after that um, is essentially when we see the the burial. Mm. Uh, but let's not skip over our first meeting with the headless horseman. This is the first time you actually see the horseman. Um, as you said earlier, J Mac, he is played by Ray Park, which I think is phenomenal because I think anything with Ray Park, I've met Ray Park. Anything with him in it. Is just going to be absolutely ace. This is Darth Maul. This is Toad. This is a guy that's done stunts for everything. As you can see there, the wee blue hood over him. There he is, fully what, clothed. Was he, was he a stunt double for Lloyd Christmas at some point? 
<laughs> what the fuck is that haircut? I mean, uh, that's that's not for the film either, because he's he's wearing a blue mask. What is with his hair? Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this to you. I wish I had put the picture of you up that I've got of you with your hair back when you were younger, and that would just illustrate that's what was up with his hair. <laughs> I wasn't that much younger, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> we all go through stages, man. Let him have his thing. He probably so thought he at that back. point, Ray Park was still well in a fucking oasis. Maybe. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna be the one that chases you. <laughs> <laughs> and after all, you're done. Um, I've got a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ray Park plays the well, essentially, is the headless horseman when he doesn't have a head. This is pre Christopher Walken, um, headless horseman, and Ray Park. Man, I've seen it live. He uh, grabs lightsaber, gives up the. The guy's an insane martial artist. He's he's up there, like, and he's Darth Maul. So this guy, essentially, Darth Maul and Headless Horseman, the same guy. Mm. He's he's uh, he's obviously one of the uh, Monopoly events alumni. Do you know what I mean? He's he's been to quite a few of their conventions and stuff like that. And that as. Uh, if I'd known that he was the headless horseman for this film, <laughs> I might have been uh, more inclined to, you know, do just meet him because I'm not a big Star Wars fan. It, 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 do you know how hard it is to not like football or Star Wars? That's a hard life, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's it's not an easy time because constantly you get people going like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thing is, um, you could have met him. Just not a Monopoly events event because the one we went to that he was supposed to be at, he didn't show up. So, <laughs> so even <laughs> if you wanted to, Monopoly gave my backhander. <laughs> uh -huh. So I don't go uh -huh. with that one. Come no, I think what happened at this point, he'd done something on Instagram that got him sacked for Star Wars. But that's another episode. <laughs> what did he do? Do you not know? No. Of course, Is, I don't. Uh, I'm not on Instagram. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we try to get him on the show all the time. I don't want him to look back and see us talking about this. <laughs> I'll tell you on my MySpace. <laughs> so what you do is you say, I'll tell you off air after the show. Essentially what happened was this. His missus, or this is what this is what I read. His missus had been doing something um with someone that wasn't him. And this is his wife. Something I can't exactly um I can't exactly think what it was. Swing ball? <laughs> it was something something sexual you've and, been playing swing, swing ball with my missus and I don't know how but it, uh, it ended up on his phone the image and he shared it to Instagram to be like oh well and then Disney were like uh, can how you were going to be Darth Maul in the new Obi-Wan series not us no enemy no see I'm that back. I hate that st I hate that shit I hate that shit I uh, why? Why? Just, why not? Why not give him a job? Because because, of that? because kids will essentially go online and see that, and that's they'll Insta, that's Instagram's fucking fault. Mm, I don't know. I can understand it. I can understand it. But I'm all I'm all for Team Ray Park, and I want him on the Disney side of things when it comes to Star Wars. But look at this as well. He's the second actor in this movie from star wars he's actually the apprentice 
he was the Emperor's Apprentice. Do, do you so know they, what? Directly together. Exactly. So, um, aye, so <clears throat> pro progressing with the show, um, the by the graveside of... Now, this is one thing I didn't get. Tell me if you picked up on this as well, right? So, you see um, Magistrate Follett... Follett <laughs> Phillips? Aye, it just spelt funny back then. So, Magistrate Phillips is the Richard Griffiths character, right? He goes to Johnny Depp, you know. There are four graves, but five dead folk. Yeah. Right? And he goes and digs up all four graves, and then he's like, hmm... And then he operates on the widow windship. And then he comes <laughs> in and he's like, There's a madman! She was with child. Like, wait a minute. Could you have <clears throat> not just gone to Richard Griffiths and gone, Explain. <laughs> and see if you haven't, like, rip out five, four cor five corpses for the ground? Could you not yes just still elaborate? Uh, yes and no. Because you're always going to get somebody that's going to ask for proof. I think, no, but yeah, prove it! Sake, no, I've known you were going to say that. I'd have dug them up, <laughs> it'd be so much easier for him to go. So he's like, She was with child, and at this point, you've got uh, that man in the movie that we shall not mention. You've got him kind of giving him the, the evil stare, and he's like, Oh, I need to go, right? Why not just go, What did you mean? <laughs> by by the way, how much, how much did Jeffrey Jones look just like he's out of that time period? Aye. Do you know he's, he's 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 a bit of an ugly prick, eh? And that's what he looked like back then. He looks like he looks like a portrait of anybody for seventeen eighty five. He was quite sound in Beetlejuice. He was kind of just easy going in Beetlejuice. But I suppose what he was doing when he was known Beetlejuice <laughs> kind of contradicts. Uh, you get what I mean? <laughs> that's the thing, though. So like everybody thinks when they watch Beetlejuice that he's the baddie. It's no, it's Kevin's nah, more. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, essentially. Um. So I the. The mad thing, uh, we are now kind of seeing these bodies being dug up. And... Sorry, sorry, huh? I, I actually had something to say about the that that part when they examine the body. Um, that was actually my memorable scene that I've taken note of, and I'm just going to put it out there now because it is is pretty funny. Because he he walks in with the body, this headless woman, and he's. He's like, clear the table. We have to operate. And he's like, operate? She's, She's dead. dead. <laughs> I nodded myself. My, my wife's looking at me like that. Wasn't it that funny? Like, ah, I, think I, might be an, I think I might be an idiot. <laughs> do you not think it was a little insinuated as well that he was going to do more air than operate? What do you mean? Like, operate? She's dead. And then he's like, he just kind of shoes everybody. I don't know if it was like a, a hidden insinuation there that it seemed like he was going to do mm. more of it in there. Some, something about Jeffrey Jones about it. <laughs> nah, because the thing is, Ichabod wasn't an attractive guy. We have to remember this. Johnny Depp brought to Ichabod what he wasn't. You know? Mm. He's not what Ichabod looks like. He's not dashing. He's not any of these things. Even uh, Christina Rishi, when she, when she uh, got the part, she was like, it is strange that what I've read and what Ichabod is, we all know that Johnny Depp's not ugly. And yet here he is playing Ichabod, who I've known upon reading as an, an ugly male. Uh, and he, in response, was like, I don't know if I can get the whole love interest thing with Christina Rishi, because I've known her since she was nine. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to get into the, the role, as all actors do.
just playing a role. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it is a bit awkward, though. I mean, it, it's I don't know. It's one of these unwritten rules. Do you know? It's, it's just like, nah, it's a bit. It's a bit icky. A bit icky, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I like that. I like that. And um, so when we progress from that scene, Katrina now takes Ichabod after he wakes up the next day, cleaned up of all the blood. She takes him out to the the old cottage and she talks about when she was poor. She sees the archer, which is a foreshadow for what comes up at the end of the movie. She sees the archer in the fireplace and she talks about what it was like to grow up poor and how her mum was a bit of a white witch, which kind of triggers again memories to his own mother being a white witch you recall that part mm -hmm. um and that kind of just sets i think that part was necessary for what comes later in the movie it's it kind of almost feels like filler but again it progresses the how do you feel how do you do you feel that those two were quite like the chemistry between them and their characters could could you buy it no 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 not and it <laughs> see this is where it's funny if you look at the way they look right in any other kind of circumstance in any other movie it might have worked but it was it was just it was too dark a movie for the, a, a love interest to even be a fucking thing I think this film does a lot of that this film it it really does kind of dive into the, the old Hollywood feel quite mm -hmm. a lot um, with regards to uh, unnecessary love stories and unnecessary uh, murder mystery, that it's, it's really is. I, I mean, this is a film about the headless horseman. That's all it has to be to be entertaining. But this film adds so much more. But I think it's basically, I don't know if it's homage or parody. As we were talking about earlier on, I don't know if it's homage or parody to. The, the movies uh, from the 50s, 60s and 70s um, of of this type that just threw, threw in so much ridiculous stuff for a, for reasons that are beyond me. It could have been to try and appeal to wider audiences. Like if you if it's a horror film, horror films, maybe back then it was, it was men that went to see them, but they think, like, right, if we throw in a love interest, women will want to come and see them. And then it's like, oh, if we put in some murder mystery stuff, older people will want to come and see them. And I think there's a lot of that going on in this film, um, and it's it's at the point where you you, you do wonder is is this deliberate? Is it is it a piss take? Is is it is it just do you, are you supposed to laugh at all the Scooby Doo shit that's going on, or is this actually part of the movie? Because I think a lawyer is pretty Scooby Doo. It is. But I like that. I like it. You said a, that. A bit, I, that. I mean, but for me, it totally added to the fun because I was laughing at all this. These are played out completely serious. The scenes are serious, but I was laughing. And it's because of that. It's because I, I think I think I get it. I think I get what the film was doing. I think it, it was uh, as as a as a movie. It's it's paying homage and taking the piss at the same time. And I think that that's possibly why this love interest was even there to start with. I don't um, I don't get the the taking piss part. I, I kind of felt like I could take it seriously with the uh, with the the romance. Not so much. I get what you say completely. It is a very much Sherlock Holmes. It's Tim Burton's Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? Aye, aye. Um, is it? That's 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 exactly what I'm saying, though. It's it's like oh, so and so is doing such and such. Oh, you must be that guy. Hang on a minute. We've got forty minutes to go in this film. Something <laughs> else is going to happen. That's that's how this film worked, and I think I, I genuinely think it's both parody and homage. Mm -hmm. 
homage. Probably. Uh, I think it's whatever way you look at it, really. I think you, there's enough there for the, the the viewer to kind of make their own mind up, essentially. Here's the, the funny thing. I remember not watching Sleepy Hollow when it came out. I, I, I waited a few years because I'd heard, I, I'm sure it was actually my brother. I'm sure my brother had told me that it was boring, so I never bothered with it. I was like, oh, well, fuck it. And then I just happened to watch it at some point. I was like, it's definitely not boring. Mm. It, it's not a boring film. Um, no, I didn't find it boring at all. And it, it it does it does keep you it does keep you engaged. I mean, like I said, certain things like the love interest doesn't really need it. But mm. I don't know. It's 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 like I, I refer to my previous statement. <laughs> um, the the scene after that, we essentially see the magistrate Phillips, <laughs> Phillips. Uh, this is what <laughs> the, it does have an E at the end for no reason whatsoever. Right, Philippe's. We're gonna call him Philippe, right? So, all right, Philippe. Say, so sounds like a nice lolly. I guess a Philippe. <laughs> he he's getting out of, out of town. He's getting out of Dodge, and he's got his wee cross there, his wee talisman that protects him from the the horseman. Apparently, now this is the the opportune moment for him to answer questions that Johnny Depp should have asked him in the graveyard. Where he essentially planted the seed, but no, we've got to ask him right before he dies. So, so Johnny Depp's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I'm leaving town, etc." Blah blah blah. Then it happens. Horseman comes and cuts his head clean off, man. The thing is, right? Did, have you did seen you laugh? Did, did you oh, laugh? I never laughed this time watching it, but as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much right so so what that's done is it made me feel really childish for laughing laughing when his head spun around before it fell off <laughs> do you know how they done that tim burton wanted that to be a thing so what what happened was so obviously we know it's not his head it's a prosthetic head right it's oh, i fucking hope so <laughs> how much am i getting for this film again <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll look after your family so, uh, so so he's just going to ride out of the woods yeah he's just going to cut your head off um <laughs> <laughs> have, I got a, have I got a fucking medical plan with this thing? <laughs> so what happened, right? Uh, Tim Burton actually got this cool wee rotating thing. So they put this prosthetic head on a rotator thing. I'm giving you like the, the gist there. They put it on a rotator thing that makes it just rotate, right? <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever remember those wee things you used to get where there'd be a string under it? And when you pull the string, the body will stand up. <laughs> Yeah, and then you let it go and it just crumples. Yeah. So they had like a mechanism of that, right, that they put it on. So when the horseman comes and cuts, the head spins like twice and then would fall off. And the rest of it is almost like you let that string go and the body went down like this. And it was mechanically engineered to go like this right. and fall down. So that's how they done that. Again, budget, big budget. There's um, a million. Right. <laughs> And what's the chances, right? You know, uh, <laughs> like you, you go to taste a bit of pasta, see if it's cooked right, and then it comes up, and you're like, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> right? Because it's burning, right? Is that not essentially what happens to his head? Johnny Depp's like, get away with me, and then he just, <laughs> the head just follows him down the hill and lands at his crotch. And he's like, no. I'd love to know how you compared that to eating pasta. That's... Well, it's not eating pasta. It's the pasta when it comes at the pot and it's too hot. So you're like, ah, 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 and it goes. <laughs> You're like trying to just avoid the burn. That's what he was doing. Aye, I mean, it's uh, I. I couldn't imagine being in that situation, having a head rolling towards me. Like, where, what would you do, and where would you go? Mm. Oh, I had a, I had a heat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, it, it lands at his crotch, and this was the first time I was like, hmm, because the horseman then s- swings past, <laughs> swings past on his horse. <laughs> uh, the horses, horses are well known for swinging. <laughs> he swings past on his horse and stabs clean through the 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 skull and pulls the head away. With uh, him. That was quite. That was quite rank. <laughs> it's quite. Grim, like I, no, it was when you said to me, "Should I let my son watch this?" Whereas it was that scene, I thought probably not. <laughs> now, see that 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 wasn't it for me, but the, the the image of Christopher Walken as the Headless Horseman for me was quite creepy, like with the the sharpened teeth and everything. And then there's the the witch scene. That witch scene would have fucked him up. Um, oh, mate. um I can I can imagine. I mean, that, even watching the trailer at the start. <laughs> Even it happened, and I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> then that, it happened, was I was like, the, that was the proper jump scare of that movie. Like, like oh, I'm yeah. like, screw the horseman, get me away, get me the hell away from her. There's something about scary women. <laughs> there, and I, there, there really is. There's there's something about the the image of like a kind of dead, decomposed. You know, like films like The Ring and The Grudge and stuff like that. It really taps into something. I don't know if it might just be in the male mind. Mate, she wasn't uh, dead. She was just living. In I the know, cave. but she fucking <laughs> might as well be in the state here. She looked <laughs> well, like she was, but then remember arachnophobia. Aye, she looked like one of the coffin bodies. Do you know what I mean? She'd be she'd been bled dry by these spiders. That's what she looked like. Um, but the, actually, the whole eyeballs coming out and all that. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? You must go to the blah blah blah. Have a blah blah blah. I was like, ah. So you saying, Dan, love? Want a cuppa? Put a kettle on. We've got a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Fuck you, saying, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was, it was, it was scary, man. It was scary. So he's dead, right? And now they're all <laughs> back to it. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you transition. That's how you transition. Right, <laughs> so he's dead. <laughs> All right, so he's dead now and the the horse the the horseman is back in his tree <laughs> this is the first time that we find that he comes from a tree because then they go out a wee walk and they see this big ass tree um that is what's killing folk he is not the tree <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he can, can I just say that, that that scene, this this particular scene where they they figured out that the the tree is the the resting place of the headless horseman, and I don't know why, but if I if I knew that, I'd be like, I'm not going fucking near it. But anyway, they go to it and start chopping into the roots, and there's something about the image of the blood coming out of the roots of the tree that is really fucking horrible. I I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but I'd, I'd love to show it to vegans to make them fucking feel bad. <laughs> That's it. I'm gonna. You're on the spot. What about vegans? I'm not gonna do it. This is mean, a whole. It's a whole other podcast. The thing is, is it? Is it though? Is it, is it even a podcast? It's a full podcast. It's a series. <laughs> J Mac. J Mac presents. <laughs> uh, J Mac presents how to get cancelled in one fucking go. <laughs> yeah. um, so the cool thing is, once they chop down this tree, uh, they rip like a patch of the tree off, almost like it's a door, and you see all these heads. Yeah, that don't seem to have decomposed at all in the whole time that they've all been collected. And put but in I think tree. that's at that point they're in another realm. You know, I mean, once once those roots close over again, that's a different realm. So 
I like the that. Rules, I like the rules of the earth don't apply anymore. In my hear, in my humble opinion. <laughs> do you hear the sound when that that wee trap door gets ripped off a tree? Oh! <laughs> like there's a sound of a guy going. Oh! When that that root gets put. Have you heard it? That was probably Ichabod. Oh yeah, can you? Can you? That's a slice of ham. I said a slice of hamstring. Oh yeah, can that's a slice of heat. Oh yeah, can that's a slice of heat. Oh man, Scottish memes, Scottish memes. You have to remember, you- a lot of people watching this are from the US of A. Do you know what's funny is I think we're we're an hour and twenty minutes into the podcast and I think we've covered about forty minutes of the film. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're in for a Joe Rogan style long haul here, folks. <laughs> uh, that all depends. <laughs> um, so there's they then go up on top of the tree, which is where there is a burial site, and he's like that. It's uh, oh yeah, got the soils um, moist. <laughs> The soil's kind of moist, and uh, they're like, give us a shovel. Good job, someone packed a shovel on a, on an evening walk. <laughs> so just in case we have to dig something up or bury someone, let's take a fucking spade <laughs> and an axe. Man, it was it was the seventeen hundreds. That's just what happened. <laughs> they they then dig up a full grave, like was that seven feet deep or something like that, with Six. no. Mate, would you not look f- far worse than that? I don't know, maybe seven feet for this one, because this was a deep one. It was right in a tree and everything. A deep uh, dive. Here, yeah, here's another thing, right? You see any of those roots of that tree in that grave, no? Nay roots. No. No. no Nay uh, roots. Nay roots was, on that side of the tree. It was, it was rootless. It was right. a rootless burial. And when, when you see that, like, see me, sometimes I bath the kids, I come sit down in their sweat. How good does Johnny Depp look after just digging a six-feet hole? But again, I think this is a, it's again, it's an homage to these types of movies for back then. People, like, mate, I swear after hoovering. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know what I mean? You, you'll have done the same, like, going up and down the stairs, hoover, blah, blah, blah. Um, even at my new job, I have to do a bit of kind of light housekeeping. And I, it, it does make you sweat. Um and in these these old films, people are like that. Even in even in Beetlejuice, you actually had it in Beetlejuice as well. They had to dig down into the the table to release Beetlejuice, and not one of them broke an ounce of sweat. It's Mate, just there's not even any dirt on Johnny Depp. Ah, it's just movie logic, man. Movie logic. So they see the the headless horseman headless. Um, he must he must like tunnel his way through the tree or. This is what this is what I'm talking about, right? So his corpse is there with no head. Do you think his corpse reanimates and he comes through the tree, or from that other dimension you mentioned, <laughs> from the other die thing you mentioned? Mentioned, mentioned. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the horseman comes as an apparition from another dimension and the corpse still stays there because it's, it's yeah, yeah. Like a conjuring? Like, like you said, it's. Uh, if I, I think you said both, I think you said it was both an apparition and a reanimated corpse. I think those are two very different things. I think he is. He's like a rean. He's like, he's like an apparition with the power of a reanimated corpse, and that's just fucking weird. Don't you um, mean a rean a reanim and a Rihanna permission? Rihanna permission. <laughs> a we'll Rihanna permission. 
<laughs> something, something Chris Brown never asked for. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I think the, I think it comes from hell. It, it does. It that that tree root is uh, a portal to hell. The root of all evil. The root of the uh, the tree root of all evil. <laughs> Oh, wait, then I wait. Right. Let's go. Let's go again. Let's go again. <laughs> right. I, uh, so then the next <laughs> scene. So much better when we're not recording. <laughs> I know. The next scene was actually probably the most grim. This for for me was like, right, okay. He has no feelings. There's no remorse. There's nothing. He's coming to get you and he's getting you. He's the boogeyman. That is it. Mate, when he goes in, takes Killian's head clean off, right? Yep. The wife's like, ah, right, we we Tommy, we Davy, right? We Davey. opens it, opens up the rug, puts we Davy under the house, right? Puts the rug back. The horseman walks in. She's like, ah, oh, I wasn't doing anything. I'm just standing here. She's like, ah. the horseman's like, ah, you wet man, comes out with an axe, <laughs> swings it. You see the blood spatter. The head drops. Now this is grim. The head drops, rolls, and looks through the like you can see the eyes through the holes in the, the floorboards. So this kid can see his mum, his mum's head staring down at him as he's shiting it for getting done in his cell. And he goes, <gasps> had one again. A lot of people in this movie had one job. You had one job. His was to <laughs> shut up. And so was hers. <laughs> so was hers. <laughs> Say, fuck you, shut up. None of this would happen. Right? So he had one job to shut up. He didn't shut up. The horseman's like, ah, is that right, I? He used his senses. The horseman used his ears. The headless horseman used his ears. Aye, that's a bit weird. Aye. So then he went and smashed up the ground, pulled out wee Davy, leathered him and all. <laughs> right? Mate, he killed kids. Now you can what I say about a bad guy, right? Oh, mate. Sorry. It's about to happen live on air. What is? You ready? <laughs> Aye. What's this? I'm ready. <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> What the hell? I, I, I think I've this one. <laughs> Why? Because you laughing makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mate, you put your mouth on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh man! <laughs> mate, you used a sure mic as a fart mic. You need, you need to have your own fart <laughs> mic. It's a sharp mic. <laughs> Too much info. Oh my god, man! I just saw the the emotions. You know the Facebook emotions. I can see when people. Are live responding to what we're on, and there's about five extra laughing faces now. On. <laughs> so the best content we can give is me farting in the fucking mic. I think at this point, if you just stop, just stop. Wait, you you give me crap, <laughs> no pun intended. You give me crap about using your fart videos on our stories, and yet here you are, man, live in living color. <laughs> I just knew it was going to be a good one, so. <laughs> uh, so so uh, in relation to that fart right something that smells worse 
uh, the three bodies of the guys that just got done in <laughs> in that scene. Uh, we Davy got his head cut off and all. I mean, we don't really see him get his head cut off, but you know, mm. we Davy got his head cut clean off. Um, so we know. That... I wonder. I wonder if there ever was the scene filmed where you see the kid die, or if it was just something even Tim Burton wouldn't touch. Mm, I can't see it happening. But I wish he would stick to this sort of stuff. I wish he would stick to doing kind of dark horror because I think his dark family movies don't work. That's just my opinion. I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton's family films. I like Batman. I I like this. Am I the biggest fan of Edward Scissorhands? No, not really. And he's Alice in Wonderlands. They can take a flying fuck to themselves. Not mm. really interested. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, they they don't work as well as this did. And I think right. he should stick to this sort of thing. And Nightmare that had Nightmare a Nightmare Before Christmas. We watched that as a family before Christmas, and it's actually crap. It <clears throat> is actually crap. Mm. All, right. all all of us were in agreement when it was finished. We were like, "Is that it?" <laughs> so um, yeah he should stick to this well see he gets we know he cuts off wee Davies head because as he's leaving the house before he's ambushed you see him what kind of apparition carries a bag <laughs> um, now he was obviously instructed to kill the three of them which is like oh that's a bit harsh all because of what because he was uh, a witness to something you have to kill his whole family right this is a white wedge mafia <laughs> right bye so the the horseman who's like the scariest thing ever carries a wee man bag puts the head you essentially you see him like zip it up like that's all three heads in there and as he's trying to leave brum then comes at him and tries to do him in uh being being the hero that he is yeah mm -hmm. and that's casper what's his face Casper Van Dien. Mm -hmm. Who was in Starship Troopers. Yes. Right, By the way, a very, very promising start to a career for that guy. Mm. Uh, start. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. Everything he's been in since then has been an absolute pile of shit. <laughs> mm. so he, he comes at the Horseman, and this for me, and I think for everyone else, was the, the, was the part where you're like, I get this, I get this now. He keeps trying to take shots at the horseman who has got no interest in him whatsoever and leaves. Every time it's like Brom takes a, a swing at the horseman, the horseman will deflect mm. it, knock him down, and then leave. And then he jumps back at the horseman. He's like, Shaggy do. Let me at him. And each time, each time the horseman's. Scrappy. Like, Scrappy do. Oh, did, what did I say? Shaggy. <laughs> did I say Shaggy? Oh, I meant Scrappy. You knew. This. Um, but then you see the clocks turning and Johnny Depp as well. He's like, ah, he's figuring it out in real time, same as we are. I, like, he, he even tells him, so like, stop yeah, it. He's not he's interested not... in you. Mm -hmm. But what was really clever is the fact that he didn't cut his head off. I know. Because he, he didn't come, he wasn't it. Cut him straight in half. The best death in the whole film, by the way. Uh, he gets the Darth Maul treatment. Mate, Darth Maul cut someone else in half. <laughs> uh, Heather Dow at home listening via her couch. I agree, to be honest. I think Tim Burton is better at this stuff than family stuff. They are just a bit wired. I spelt that wrong. <laughs> I think she means weird. 
Um, <laughs> Bring that up again. It's gone. <laughs> Bring it up. <laughs> it said wired, trust me. <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it? Aye. So you it's sure? essentially a triple Bring threat. It up, it, 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 it's gone. Look, it's not there anymore. It's away. Um, so, <laughs> so the triple threat ensues. It's almost like a triple threat. Johnny Depp's character, Ichabod, is trying to stop Brom from getting done in while Bronze trying to attack the Headless Horseman. And what happens is Johnny Depp gets a wee cut into the shoulder and lifted, lifted with it, mate. Mm -hmm. Dropped on the ground and then he cuts Brom in half. Kind of had it coming, you guess. Aye, he was literally asking for it. Um, he was told, "Fucking leave it alone." He's like, he's uh -huh. like that kind of that that guy that whenever he invites you for a night out, you never <laughs> want to go because you know he's just going to get you in shit that you've got nothing to do with. That's Brom, hmm. and uh, uh -huh. luckily enough, this time it was him that got it. And you're like, "Oh yeah, fuck him." Um, I'll explain it to his missus in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to which he actually doesn't he explains it to Christina in the morning when he's kind of wakes and Christina's going through his stuff and all that and he's got his wee sore bit and they're like oh you're going to have a, a wee bit of an infection he's like I figured it out I figured it out and this is where we notice where we learn that whoever controls the head of the horseman is the one that's doing the bidding that the horseman doesn't kill at random he's actually here to do you in because he's been told to he's the debt collector almost and by debt i mean the head collector <laughs> comes to take your head he does not kill at random this then puts johnny depp back to sleep and this is where he's confronted by the the memory of his mother getting done in and long story short and that kind of scene his dad who's almost christopher lee like is like oh that's my wife but i can see her doing witchcraft and he's like proper man of the man of the cloth and getting all the part you can't be doing that stuff she was just a hippie but he thought <clears> she was about a witch this was back in the day when witches were burning them takes her away because she dances about the garden and draws wee symbols and all that she was just into nature <laughs> turns, turns out she was into nature he was like ah, nah can't be having this puts her on a big iron thing that's got tons of spikes slams it shut on her killing her and then Johnny Depp's like, oh no. I mean, he had a lot of torture, torture devices for just being somebody's dad and a priest, right? Each to their own. At this point, we kind of, Johnny Depp goes back, looks through all these books, sees the new will and testament. Turns out that Van Tassel actually, not Van Tassel, Van Garrett actually got with no. the widow is and got that, married to Is it no? I'm sure it's Van Tassel. Hmm. No. It was Van Garrett, wasn't it? Because no, it's Van Garrett because the, the tassel is actually the next of kin, and she okay. gains she gains to gain everything through Van Tassel, but not if he marries someone else. Then the next of kin is void. So all that marrying and wealth meant nothing. You get me? Which right. is why Van Garrett gets killed right at the start. Um, this is so a way overly complicated storyline for a stupid film about a fucking headless horseman. Do you know what I mean? This is exactly what I was talking about earlier on. This, this is where you have to look at this and go is this film serious? Like With, with, with the, amount of, the amount of twists and turns and, and daft murder mystery and who did oh it was hard, it was him, it was hard. It was I him. like it. I like it. 
the thing I, is, I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I think it was completely deliberate. I think it it was it was it was done as an homage to these older films that had to have a human explanation as to why supernatural stuff was happening. Whereas yeah. I like it when supernatural stuff just happens because it's supernatural. Oh, but there was no enough story. There was no enough twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. It's like yeah. if, if I'm going to watch a film about a headless horseman, I just want to see a headless horseman cutting people up, and and then. There's got to be a hero, that's true. There has okay. to be a hero, um, but you all this stuff. The best of all worlds. This, this, all this stuff from here on in is very much an homage to the, the older, Hollywood movies. Aye, um, so Van Garrett essentially, dead, and the next of king kin is Van Tassel, and this is at this point Johnny Depp's like, ah, it's Van Tassel. He's the one controlling all the strings pulling all the strings and trying to kind of kill everybody off to his uh, his advantage. Um, mm -hmm. At which point he then is like, wait a minute, he goes and checks the body of, because when he thinks that Van Tassel's done this, Van Tassel comes running towards him. He's like, ah, a horseman killed my missus, Lady Van Tassel. And they're all like, oh, let's get out of here, man. Let's run to the church. <laughs> Right, they run into the church, all of them. The horseman comes into the town, which I thought, well, this is class, a wee bit of atmosphere here. What's going on? What's going to happen? Right, and then, then he throws an axe, and it dis it disappears mm. in, in the holy ground. So he can't go on holy ground. So they're like, aha, we're safe. Then they all start turning on each other because the emperor gets smacked in the head with a. <laughs> with a You're always going to call him the emperor. Eh? <laughs> Who else? <laughs> Who else is he? That guy <laughs> his, in that film. His act, his act, actual name was uh, Doctor Lancaster. That in was, all fairness, in all fairness, I'd forgotten that as well because he's the emperor. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what so I couldn't figure out though? Why? Why did they not just open the windows to shoot at him? To oh, to shoot at who? The headless horseman. They, they don't really need to shoot him, do they? Well, that's what that's what they all do in the church. Ah. In the church, they all smash all the windows to shoot them instead of ah. just op opening them and saving the church a good fucking ton of money. Movie logic, mate. That's all, <laughs> that's all we can put it down to. So, Emperor gets done in. Uh, we're going to assume he's dead, right? Because that was a, was a salient. Hey, or I, because they, they only had a wee bit of UPN. No, I'm pouring a drink. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> the um... <laughs> I didn't say men can't multitask. <laughs> I'm a peeing. <laughs> I bet you were peeing, eh? <laughs> um, so I was like, is, is he peeing on the show? It would not surprise me. I farted on it, might as well pee in it. <laughs> um, and then, and then when we see the, this is when the horseman gets crafty and he throws a piece of the fence through the window that's tied to a string or a piece of rope. Good on you, horseman, for having rope on you at this time. Ah, where'd that come from? <laughs> I never even thought about that. Right, but so that's well, the thing. That's that's a good thing about movies. You don't have to think about these things at the time. The only reason you even thought about that is because we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So like, if we weren't doing this, you wouldn't think about it. You would just watch it and enjoy it. Mm. You, do you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. It, I I would like to think anyway. I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me. But I, I mean, I, I did think that previous to now, but. I've seen it a lot of times, and I think maybe on my first time watching it, I probably wouldn't have thought too much about it. I know I didn't, and I think it's quite, quite really well done. How he uses a picket fence to stab him, 
and pulls him clean. Now, we know realistically, right, if that was to happen, the fence would have gone through the chest and then when the horseman pulled it, it had just come back out his chest and not destroyed half the wall and pulled him through it. Right, and they just come back out his chest and left him in the church. <laughs> I, I think it would be better if he came all the way through and then kind of just sat, you know, like an anchor instead uh-huh. instead of just coming through and sticking out, which looks better. Like mm-hmm. it looks dramatically, it looks better. But if it came all the way through and then he pulled it back and it stuck like that, uh, yeah, yeah, that would have made more. Mate, that would have been cool. It would have made more physical sense, but it's not about that in these movies. You want to see it coming through and it sticks. You're like, ah. You know, it, it just it works better cinematically. You just know that it wouldn't have destroyed the wall <clears throat> pulling him out. It had just pulled that straight back through him and left him in the church, right? Agreed. Uh, mate, in the, I'm pretty sure in the new Fast and the Furious film, um, John Cena literally puts Vin Diesel's head through the top of a door frame and he doesn't even flinch. Movie logic, this one gets a pass. This one gets a pass. Uh, it gets a pass. So that you see, the, you see it in the trailer. I mean, this isn't this isn't for the for the film, but you see it in the trailer. You see literally Vin Diesel's head goes through a door frame. You ever feel a fucking door frame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty hard. Here's the thing. I know exactly why it didn't hurt him. Go on then. Family. <laughs> <laughs> Family in space. <laughs> <laughs> so he's pulled through <clears throat> he actually rips Dumbledore clean out of the church across the grass Right? I mean you couldn't do it perfectly if you tried and then his head kind of fits through the wee picket fence where he's pulled the post off and he comes back and one wee wave of that sword Dumbledore no longer has a head takes it away with him Right? we've now lost Dumbledore so Johnny Depp's like well can he again <laughs> right? and he's like well wait a minute it wasn't it him? Wait, the new. He goes to his missus' house. No, his missus' house. He goes to see the Lady Van Garrett. He checks out the body, looks at the cut on the hand, because remember she cut her into her hand and was getting all the part and mm-hmm. rubbed it over the... Who does that while they're getting done? Some guy's getting mad <clears> with <throat> and, and she cuts her hand and rubs it on him. It's like, oh, whoa. That's such a turn on. This was a long time before AIDS and hepatitis. Um, I think a lot of people did a lot of fucking weird stuff. Uh, well, here's the thing. So she does that knowing that he could see her. And then she cuts the wound on the the home help who she killed. And then cuts her hand, cuts her hand to make it look like it's her. That she's dead. She's no deed because Johnny Depp's like, ah, hmm, I'm going to do a lot of my science stuff right here. Goes and checks it out. And it's like, ah, it started healing. Uh, it, it's not healed. So this cut was made after the body was dead. It can't be her. At which point she shows up and is like, hello, stepdaughter. And Katrina, now I like what they've done here. Rather than like smack Katrina over the head with something, Katrina's like, I thought you were dead. <gasps> and that explains <laughs> that explains how she kind of becomes rendered unconscious. There's a lot of fainting in this, <laughs> a lot of fainting in this film, eh? Uh, Johnny Depp does ever, that a few times. You ever seen fa- you ever seen somebody faint? It's 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 a gradual thing. It tends to be like kind of, you know, like but see me you're falling asleep, and, uh, <laughs> you'll be sitting and you think you're awake, but you're like this. Mm-hmm. Fainting is pretty much the same. You don't go like this. And again, 
that is an homage to the old movies. That's how people fainted back then. And, and again, I, I think it was really clever. I think it's funny. And uh, so at this point now, we we get another, another homage, actually. actually. Another homage to these old movies and the Scooby-Doo thing. Ah, oh, I've done all this because the 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 bad guy essentially gives his reasoning or her reasoning for why everybody got done in. And the conspiracy... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> becomes full circle so lady van tassel this whole time has been what happened to her essentially she was a kid and van garrett evicted her and left her poor showed her no mercy so she was like "Ah, right i'm gonna snap this twig this guy's just been done in and i'm gonna pray to the devil that i can bring him back to avenge what's happened to us because my ma's did knew because because she had no food and all that and that's all because of the van garrett's so what i'll do is i'll I'll marry my way into the Van Tassel family because that's next to King of the, King of the Van Garretts. And then I'll get the Van Garretts done in. But what she wasn't banking on is that Van Garrett actually got with the, the, the widow and married her. So she's like, now I need to do everybody in. And, and because, mate, because... <laughs> because so fucking silly. <laughs> because Jonathan, right? Because Jonathan was signed as witness. It was his death. <clears throat> so everybody that conspired... And the secret wedding of the, the Van Garretts all got done in. See, this is why people lost interest in a lot of the Halloween sequels because they tried to add too many details to it. And that's what this film is doing is deliberately adding details to make it funny. This film is funnier than it gets credit for. I suppose. Th- this should be a supernatural slasher movie. Do you know what I mean? He's a headless horseman, he cuts heads off. That's what he does. He's indiscriminate. He does it because that's what he does. He will cut heads off until he finds his own head, which could be fucking anywhere. They tried the same thing with the Halloween sequels, and that's where it, it kind of lost its way. Although it was still fun, they stopped. They didn't get the respect after one and two, right? And that's why it's because the whole convoluted storylines just get so out of hand that it turns into Scooby Doo, and that's what this film did. But this film did it completely deliberately, and for that, I give it its applause. I love it. I love every part of it. And so after telling the story here, this is what happens. Katrina, I kind of need you deed because you're the only thing standing in the way of me getting everything here. And I've pretty much worked my ass off to do this. I've even reanimated the dead. So the horseman's coming. He's going to come do you in. Horseman comes. They have a big fight. Start climbing about a windmill. But no, then he kills horseman. Horseman's like, I'm no girl, man. I'm here to kill you. For some reason, she shows up, right? She's like, ah, here's Katrina, get her done in. Tries to kill Katrina. Johnny Depp gets the skull off her. He's like, ah, no, horseman, is what he says. Throws the skull at the horseman. Horseman's like, ah, leaves Katrina. Really <laughs> cool. <laughs> the, the Pee-wee's big adventure, but... <laughs> the, the head comes and he puts it on and it reanimates to Christopher Walken, who's like, ah. And the only thing Christopher Walken says in that whole movie is, Ah! Right. He that, says that a few times, eh? And then he starts strolling about, picks up it, the yeah. I, I, again, to be fair, the special effects at that moment where the where his kind of head recomposes is pretty decent, considering mm. it was nineteen ninety nine. Mm. It was a lot better than the witch effect earlier on, where they. Um, that was but, still scary. Nah, that bit didn't get me. It was just her face. Her fucking face is horrible, but the. 
the, re- the, the the kind of recomposition of his head, his face, and his hair, that was pretty cool. I mean, even by today's standards, I, I think I'd be quite happy with that in a film. Um, uh, was it silly? Fuck yeah. But did it look good? Yeah. I, I, really en- I really enjoyed all the really cool aspects of that. Here we can see some behind the scenes. <laughs> it's it's like, like, right, Dad, you need to stop this tribute act. <laughs> it's like Ken Dodge been doing a long time. You need to fucking get up. <laughs> Stop it! You're ruining it for me. Ken Dodge, Ken, you need to stop that. Nobody knows who Ken Dodd is anymore. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Say everybody loves Ken Dodd. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So, uh, so Christopher Walken's headless horseman. Ken Stafford Dodden. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Ken Stafford Dodden then rides over, and you see that cool shot of him going ah. Picks up Lady Van Castle, gives her a bloody kiss, kisses her, but the, that's horrible. Uh, that's rank. That's rank. That's <laughs> rank. <laughs> I remember when I was watching it. I was like, "Ew." <laughs> there's there's yeah. something about that. I mean, I've seen it before, and I think it was Interview with the Vampire. Um, I'm pretty sure you see. Um, I'm sure it was Louis. It was Brad Pitt was kissing a girl, and then the blood started pouring out. Um, this film does that in spades. <laughs> um, the kiss of death is what uh, you call it's it. Pretty effing rank. <laughs> and, then, and then he then takes her away into his wee tree, and she's like, Rah! and then her hands like that. Camille, Camille, man, Camille, kind of just sits there, and that's it. And then, and then they go to London. They adopt little um, wee fella, wee Davy, other Davy that didn't get his head cut off. And yeah, we're led <laughs> we're led to believe that they're gonna be a nice wee family out in New York, which is so much better than Sleepy Hollow. The end. Um on the whole, I'll always love Sleepy Hollow. The reason we done this show, this episode, was because I said, you know, we talk about all these great horror movies all the time, but one that doesn't get included in that conversation is Sleepy Hollow, but it's amazing. <laughs> like like I say, man, it does have its silliness, but I think the silliness is completely deliberate and warranted and it, it works i really really enjoyed it um mm. i mean this is where we get onto the really fun bit is where we give it it's we score out of five so kevin out of five for sleepy hollow what do we get five five a full five what about yourself a, a full five i gave it a four and a half Would you like me to tell you why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fuck it. Five. <laughs> I think the, the more I was talking about, the more, the more I realized what the film was actually trying to do. So I, I will, I will actually give it as five stars. It's highly, highly deserved and very underrated. Nobody talks about it anymore. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get people talking about it. So if you liked this episode, if you liked that movie, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about that. Tell your friends about this episode. Get them to watch both and just have a <laughs> fucking laugh. Have a giggle about it. Um, just ignore the stuff about the Catholic Church. We're all fucking laughing. 
Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the uh, money we lost. <laughs> um, more memorable quote. Memorable quote. <clears throat> I actually gave mine away earlier on because I couldn't hold my water. It was the so operate. We have to operate immediately. Operate. She's dead. <laughs> that that really made me chuckle. So that was that was that was mine. For me, for from mine has always kind of been the he came back, came back to claim the head, because for some reason it always that's always the thing. I, I when you say Ichabod Crane, that's what I see and hear. That's it. It's it's a very personal thing. The the old memorable quote in it is memorable for your own reasons. So. Mm. Yeah, I think I think we both won and lost that one. <laughs> um, and your favorite, your memorable scene? <clears throat> memorable scene for me was the scene where he was trying to convince everybody that the headless horseman was real, and they already knew. <laughs> that really made me laugh. He was like, "It's true, the headless horseman is real." They're like, "I know." <laughs> Fucking, we tell That's you. That's why you're here. <laughs> Is real. I'm telling you, we know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it will always be that one scene. <laughs> he spins, falls. It was. It's memorable because that's that's what it is. It is very memorable. So, I, I honestly, man, I had an absolute blast watching it. It was. You said to me, I was like, why do you sleepy hole? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? And then I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed everything about it. Even the silliness. I realized what the silliness was. It doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't get enough kind of modern appreciation. I think it was it was mildly appreciated back in the day, but I think it needs to be brought forward a bit and uh, bring back Johnny Depp. Mm. Bring back Johnny Depp. Yeah, we'd like to see him even even in Sleepy Hollow too, where it's about the headless horse woman. That's probably a bit fitting, right? <laughs> I, bet, I bet she's got a fucking head. <laughs> so some it's trivia, just, just uh huh. It's just it's just the horse woman. That's that's it. That's it. The horse woman. Some trivia was uh, you know that Johnny Depp actually adopted Goldeneye, who was the horse in the movie, because he heard that after the movie the horse was getting put down. <laughs> horse was getting fucking shot after that film. I wonder why though. It must it must have had a a bad leg or something. That's the only reason they ever actually kill a horse. Uh, well, it's cool that he adopted it to save it from dying. That's so nice. Aye. It doesn't sound like a horrible man, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't, does he? That's uh -huh. funny, especially That's when it's weird. Especially That's when his ex-wife was with him for like so long and was like, yeah, not that kind of guy at all. <laughs> yeah. So it was only after uh, being cast as the headless horseman that Christopher Walken admitted to director Tim Burton that he actually did not know how to ride a horse. Shocker. <laughs> what was the James Bond film that he was in? Was he was in a, it was a Roger Moore James Bond film and, oh. it, and he played a guy that loved riding horses. I was like, <laughs> I'm always happiest in the saddle. That was, that's his... He's uh, kind of, catchphrase for the one of the happiest in the saddle. Uh, uh, it's a bit fucking Schwarzenegger, eh? Um, but I apparently did not know how to ride a horse, and that's why they had to bring in that uh, 1940s or 19 was it the 40s or 50s? 
the uh, mechanical horse that they, they had to bring in. Fifties, I. Uh, they they give it a bit of a, a rework that mechanical horse, but it absolutely. Done I, I think the the mechanics of the horse were exactly the same, but the the skin and the fur and all that that was that was all up to date. I'm, I'm sure it was an Elizabeth Taylor film from the forties or fifties, um, but I it's. Uh, I, I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to, and uh, for, for, I knew for me, for me, that's that's a win. That's a win. I knew that I was on to a good. One. I was just looking forward to watching it again. That's up there with all the kind of favorite childhood movies of mine growing up watching. That's Get, definitely up there. Pick a film for Sunday right now. In fact, no, you were going to you were going to throw something at me, weren't you? Right. How about we do it and even ask the people that are watching at home to write yes or no in the comments a movie came out a couple years ago that i really really enjoyed and i think would be really cool to do a deep dive on it's probably one of our most recent that we could ever do like because we've always done deep dives that are from yesteryear what if we did brightburn because there's a lot to unpack in that movie and i think it'd be a good an interesting conversation Mm. okay not like it did you not like it I'll tell you on the deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to do it, yeah? Aye, fuck it. Why not? Cool. Well, well, we shall do that. And I think the Sunday after that, or the next deep dive after that, um, you should kind of come up with something that something that's left wing, left wing, left field. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're not going to get anything left wing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, we should, or, or even have you guys at home tell us like we've we've not done a poll on a deep dive for a while so maybe we'd put a poll up after that but we could select a couple movies each and uh essentially do that so go to jibberjabberpodcast.com and leave us a go to the contact box leave us there or go to jibberjabberscotland at gmail.com if i'm mm-hmm. fucking telling you vanilla sky we have to do vanilla sky i will do that we'll do that we'll put that on the poll he doesn't want to do it. Look, I can tell. I'm I'm point I'm pointing at his face with my pen. I'm like, eh. he doesn't. He no, no. doesn't want. You don't want to do it. I'll do it. I've got it on DVD. I got it because we were. We did we not plan to do that at some point? We actually did, didn't we? Or you told uh, me about the movie, and I was like, right, I'm going to check it. Out. We, we put it. We put it on a poll, and it lost by like one vote. Ah, uh, annoyed me. Oh, Vanilla Sky's pants. Is it? Is it? That's what Heather Dowfer says. I, that's what that's what Dowfer can fucking do for herself, right? Cat. Khalid Sabri says Vanilla Sky Cool. I mean, oh, there we thank go. you very much, Khalid Sabri. That's uh, that's enough for me. We should totally do Vanilla Sky. And also, who are you, Khalid? Send us a fucking email, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Khalid. Uh, so, aye. So, on the whole, I think Sleepy Hollow will always be one of those absolute classics for me. It's, I always, I always liken it to this. If I if I own it on DVD or Blu-ray, it's because I love it. Right, and especially now when people are not buying movies, I still buy the stuff I love. And Sleepy Hollow is something I'll always own a, a physical copy of because it's one of those movies for me. Do you never you ever bought a DVD without seeing it, without knowing you love it? Mm. Sometimes. Have you still got them? The movies that I bought without loving. Aye. Yeah. I've got like a, a complete stack, but they're all mainly ones I love. The ones I love right. less and less, I kind of, I'm like, <laughs> they're not in the screenshot. 
until at, the, until at the bottom right <laughs> yeah they have, they have to be um so i so you said there that you enjoyed revisiting sleepy hollow and it's definitely a thumbs up for it um so i uh khalid says keep up the good work guys best cinema in scotland basket cinema actually is um it is the best cinema in scotland it is it is which is yeah. why everybody should buy the tickets there's, from www.bathgatecinema.co.uk. There's not an experience like it, boys and girls mm-hmm. and everything in between. Buy your tickets. And on that note, we will see you guys on Thursday for a box office banner. I think it's going to be Thursday. We'll definitely see you Sunday. But we will catch up with you soon. Keep an eye on the social media and more updates to come soon. But hey, you guys have stuck with us for two hours. Two hours to hear about uh, Sleepy Hollow. Anybody that's watching us on Facebook, wherever you are watching <laughs> us, thank you. It'll definitely be Spotify, that I can tell you. Uh, and we will see you guys next week.